do you know anyone who likes to get the last word? Now, I'll give you a few minutes to look down the row and see, whenever I make statements like that, you may do it unconsciously, but I always like to see everybody who kind of goes like this or they look at the person beside them like this. So I pretty much know now who likes to get the last word. You know who that person is. It could be a conversation, a discussion, maybe a debate. But regardless of what it is, they simply need to get the last word. And maybe that person is you. I know that could be true because I was that person at that time. Not only me, Rick Vaughn, because he told me that this morning when I came in. He saw the title. He says, I like to get the last word. I said, I know you do. He says, I know. I said, I know you do. And we just... (laughs) We just couldn't stop. I said, Rick, we got to let this go. A few years ago, someone told me graciously and very thankfully that I did like to get the last word, and I took an honest look at myself and realized that they were right. The only problem is I haven't been able to call them back and thank them because that would be the last word, so I just let it go. Just for fun, I Googled and typed in the words last word, and apparently there is a new show called The Last Word. There's a second-hand bookstore in Charlotte called The Last Word that buys, sells, and trades books. There's a movie in 2008 called The Last Word starring Winona Ryder and Ray Romano, and apparently there's even a cocktail called The Last Word. Don't ask me what's in it. I know, but that doesn't seem right. So. So to get the last word, though, is to get that defining word. That word or phrase that you hope will define the conversation or the narrative. To get that last word is to want to be able to say, this is how it is, and this is how it's going to be. But then, that's where the struggle begins, and it never ends. Who is going to get that last word, and what will that last word be? Well, I'm not going to talk about us, necessarily. During Jesus' ministry, that short three-year period, it was always a struggle as to who would get the last word. The religious leaders, the political leaders, or Jesus. Actually, Jesus never really struggled with it. His authority came from his deep authenticity and his ability to connect with the deepest longings and hunger of the people. His word was often this last and defining word with people because it spoke truth. It spoke freedom. It spoke love and grace and mercy. It spoke meaning and purpose. But the last word of Jesus was always a threat to the powers, both the religious and political powers. They were determined to get that last word. So they first criticized Jesus, then they tried to silence Jesus, then they worked to betray Jesus, and then they arrested Jesus, and then they followed by executing Jesus. And then they put him away in this nondescript tomb, because for them, the only way to get that last word was to kill it off, was death. And by the way, you see how that works its way into life, into our world, because often when we lack the faith and the energy and the hope, deadness often gets the last word. Even when those around Jesus sought to get that last word, Jesus countered with another last word that was manifested in powerful actions. Judas tried to get it by betraying Jesus, so Jesus countered with acts of servanthood, and a call to love one another as this mark of true discipleship. Jesus' last word was to love and serve. When the Roman authorities sought to silence Jesus by executing him on a cross and humiliating him, his last word was to offer forgiveness for his executioners and those who humiliated him. He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then, of course, the powers and the authorities sought to get the last word through the tomb. 
putting Jesus in this tomb where at least he would not be a problem anymore. We'll shut up this last word with death and power and violence, and we will finally be able to say, it's over. But that wasn't to be on this day, this particular day that we recognize. This Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Day, we gather to remember, to affirm, to celebrate this reality that the last word, that hope has the last word, that victory is the last word, that aliveness is the last word, that wholeness and healing and restoration can be this last word. Yesterday, we gathered in this meeting room to celebrate the life of Delphine Surratt, as Jack said, who passed away after 90 years. We gathered with her wonderful family and friends. There was music and sharing and stories and laughter and tears. We sang hymns. We listened to scripture. Then we processed out of this room. We walked over to the cemetery. And if you look at that window, you can probably see the canopy that's still up right now. We laid Delphine to rest. And then we all gathered in the fellowship hall. And we enjoyed some delicious food prepared by wonderful people at Deep River Friends. And we sat around and we visited and we we connected And there were tears, and there was sadness, but most of all, there was laughter and stories and eating great food. And you think, but how could that be because there was a death? Well, it could be because everyone there knew this. Death did not have the last word. And we stayed in this meeting room for about 45 minutes, bound and determined to make sure it did not have the last word. What had the last word were stories of Delphine. What had the last word were hymns of hope. What had the last word were memories of the joy that she brought to people. That is what resurrection faith is all about. That is what is going to have the last word. And this is the power of the resurrection. No longer do darkness and death have it. Rather, life has a final word. Life filled with energy, hope, and meaning and purpose. Ronald Rollheiser, who's a writer and priest, puts it this way. The resurrection must forcibly make this point. God has the last word. The resurrection of Jesus is that last word from the ashes of shame, of seeming defeat, failure, and death. A new, deeper, and eternal life perennially bursts forth. And I love that image. A new, deeper, and eternal life perennially bursts forth into our lives through our through our living all the time. It's ongoing. It's life bursting forth, bringing new life all around us. One author, Brian McLaren, describes it this way. For death is not the last word. Violence is not the last word. Hate is not the last word. Money is not the last word. Intimidation is not the last word. Political power is not the last word. Condemnation is not the last word. Betrayal and failure are not the last word. Each of them are left like rags in a tomb, and from that tomb arises Christ alive. So, friends, here's the question to me and all of us. Have you allowed something other than light and life and hope to have the last word on your life? Is there something that you feel has just put the exclamation point on you and you have allowed it to have the last word on all it does is communicate deadness and darkness and defeat? Maybe you've allowed failure or shame to have the last word on your life and its value. Maybe you're like the woman caught in adultery and you've allowed others and their condemnation to have the last word on your life. See, this day proclaims that last word on your life is forgiveness. It's a fresh start. It's a power to live life well and move forward in newness and strength. 
Maybe you've allowed resignation to have the last word on your life. And all you do is endure each day as it passes, and we begin to die of terminal boredom, as one person puts it. Boredom because nothing is moving inside of me. Well, this day proclaims that the last word on your life can be aliveness and hope and that we can experience a life that is fully alive. I love the way one writer, Alan Jones, puts it. This is my favorite quote. Every year I share this at Easter. You probably don't remember, and that's probably a good thing, but this is what he writes. The resurrection means trouble for those of us who are comfortable with only being half alive. What then in me needs to be raised from the dead? What part of you, long since rejected and forgotten, needs to be touched and restored to life? Maybe you've allowed apathy and despair to have the last word. You don't feel as if you'll ever make a difference. Or nothing in this world will ever be changed and transformed. So this day proclaims that the last word is that God is recreating the world. And that all of it is part of God's ongoing new creation and that you and I can be part of this transforming, renewing work of God. In other words, don't give up bringing light and hope to this world. Don't give up trying to make changes. Don't give up trying to see things differently and make things differently and make things more alive and life-giving with justice for people. And maybe grief and sadness has become the last word on your life. And you're sure you'll never see joy again. Well, this day proclaims that although suffering is real and can be hard, healing and joy are not far behind. Our disillusionment and grief is but for a season. The resurrection promises that it won't define us for the rest of our lives. And joy will once again be part of our experience. Know this. Death, darkness, and deadness do not have the final word in this life. That's what this day is all about. As Paul wrote, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of this, my beloved brothers and sisters, you must stand firm. This is the end of the passage that Dina read. You must stand firm, unshakable, excelling in the work of the Lord as always because you know that your labor isn't going to be for nothing in the Lord. Think about that. Nothing we do for the kingdom is now in vain. Nothing we do for goodness and righteousness in the name of God is not in vain. Nothing that we do that brings light and hope and life is in vain. It is working together, often in ways we don't understand or see. It is working together to make things right, and that is resurrection life and power and energy. Futility no longer has the last word, so keep the faith. And stand firm in the trust that even when we can't see it, life is happening. Life is pulsating. The energy of the resurrection is all around us, making all things new. The new creation is in process, and we can join in anytime, anywhere, at any moment. Life can change. Life can be renewed. That which is dead can be raised from the dead. Dead dreams, dead relationships, dead hopes, dead purposes, dead spiritual journeys, even dead sermons. I've seen that happen at times. It's a miracle. Anything that is dead can be raised to life. Death thought it had the final word, but it doesn't. Not in this universe. Not in our lifetime. And in the lifetime to come. So who's going to have the final word in your life? What is going to have the final word in your life? Is it going to be that which deadens you? 
or is it going to be that which gives you life and hope? 